Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Scott. How are you today? I'm doing wonderfully well, thank you. Great. What are we talking about today on the Johnson Voorhees and Martucci podcast? We're going to talk about truckers, uh, specifically truckers who ignore the rules. But before we get started, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how many truckers we have on the road. I don't know if you have looked the stats, the statistics lately, but about 70% of all products that are delivered in the States come by truck. That's, that's a bunch. That makes sense because the railroads don't do it as much and airlines, they can't get to the access to the trucks can. And I certainly know from driving on the interstate all the time that I see more and more trucks. Uh, unfortunately, that means we see more and more truck wrecks, trucks accidents and fatalities from truck collisions. Sadly so, yes. One of the things that was interesting to me, uh, as you see more and more trucks on the road, is they seem to be getting bigger and longer. And I know that there's been some talk in the various states and across the country about what regulations we need to have about how heavy trucks can be and can we extend the weights, can we extend the the number of trailers that can have and that kind of thing. And I think that's only going to mean that we have bigger wrecks and more fatalities. What do you think? I, I agree with that. Uh, I don't know. I certainly know here in Missouri, the state we practice in, we do not have the triple trailer trucks. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember the days of the triple trailer trucks where you would have the tractor, uh, which is the, the uh, engine that the driver travels in, and then you'd have actually three trailers behind it. And I've not seen that in years, and I think they may have done away with those, certainly in most states they have. But I think uh, you just like saying that, the triple trailer trucks. I like that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's nice, yeah. <laughs> um, but the longer they get, uh, the more time they need to change lanes, the more radius they need to make safe turns, the difficult, more difficult it is for them to see, and the larger their... Uh, blind spots or what we call no zones is going to be. So that's just uh, increasing the risk to other travelers on the roadway of a fatality. And of course, we're seeing more and more fatalities with trucks for a number of reasons. Um, Mainly is that whenever a passenger vehicle gets involved in a truck collision, uh, the passenger vehicle usually loses because of the weight difference. How heavy are most trucks you're seeing nowadays? Uh, You know, it's going to vary based upon the load. Uh, how hard, how much they're carrying. I haven't done the statistics, but uh, you compare an average vehicle to a truck and a truck is going to be on the order of 10, 20, 30 times heavier than the um, passenger vehicle. The heavier those trucks get, the longer distance they need to stop. Just uh, uh, the average truck traveling at 65 miles an hour, they need almost two complete football fields to safely stop. Yeah, that's crazy. And I don't think that people understand that. Uh, for example, I've got a case now where the truck has a, a gross weight of about 80,000 pounds and it ends up colliding with a passenger vehicle. Most of those are going to weigh 2,000 pounds. So you're talking about 40 times. And, you know, not to give uh, truck drivers a bad name, sometimes it's the truck driver's fault completely. And we're going to talk about some ways that happens. But sometimes people in passenger cars don't understand that they need to also watch out for trucks because those trucks take a long, long time to maneuver and stop. That's right. There's a, a lot of factors that go into that as far as the passenger vehicles, what they need to watch out for to provide for their own safety and also to give enough clearance on the roadway uh, for those trucks because the trucks have just as much right to the roadway as passenger vehicles. Uh, but with the greater risk, the greater stopping distances, all those come tighter rules and also a higher duty of care to make sure that uh, you watch out for the passenger vehicles out there. One of the things that I was interested in before we started today was to see kind of what the what the numbers look like recently about fatalities. And I was uh, not surprised really about one out of every eight uh, traffic fatalities involves a, a big truck. 
But what did surprise me was in work zones, that statistic is about double. Uh, more than 25% of fatalities in work zones involve trucks. And most of the time, it's because of two things going on with the truck driver. One is speed, is that the truck driver is not slowing down in relation to the warning signs coming into the work zones, um, even though there's likely to be congested or, or stop traffic ahead. And then the other one is there's some sort of a problem with the driver, whether it's a, a fatigue issue, over hours issue, um, impairment because of uh, alcohol or substance. But uh, those two seem to make up the majority of fatalities nowadays. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, that would be exactly right. You know, anytime you enter a work zone, the conditions change and you need a higher level of alert to be aware of what this work zone entails. Is it going to be a lane change uh, where you're actually going into what used to be an oncoming traffic lane? Is it going to be a unusual or new uh, turn in the road uh, or something that narrows down from two lanes to one? Uh, everybody needs to be alert for those, whether you're in a passenger vehicle or in a large truck. But if you're a large truck, because of the factors of your weight, your stopping distance, how much room you have to maneuver, you need all your faculties. You need to be sharp. You need to be awake. You need to be healthy. You need to be unimpaired uh, and not distracted by any means. Let me talk to you about distracted because I know you continue to stay up and, and handle a lot of cases involving distracted drivers. And here, although we all handle all kinds of cases, you seem to be the guy who... Um, handles more of those distracted driving cases and stays up on the technology. Um, I saw an article, I think yesterday, maybe the day before, about are hands-free devices really more safe? And I know that for truckers, they've had rules and regulations that prevent them from using phones a lot. But what about the hands-free or the radio? Is that a distraction that truckers should be aware of? Definitely. Yeah, a lot of I see a lot of truckers when I go down to the uh, coffee shop I like uh, at the local Petro truck stop, and they have these hands-free devices they wear on their head, and they're talking on the phone. Now, if they're doing that in their semi-truck, the studies show that that is not safer than a hand-held cell phone device. It's still a distraction. It still impairs your concentration, at least, to something called inattention blindness, where you are not truly seeing everything that's on the roadway. While you might see with your eyes, it is not registering in your brain because you are concentrating on the conversation that's going on in the cell phone. And studies show that uh, people that uh, talk on the cell phone, they're, I think, four times more likely to be involved in a wreck, and that's just average passenger drivers. Um, it takes up to, I think, 30 seconds to regain your focus on the roadway even after the conversation ends. There's a whole host of things that talking on the cell phone um, causes inattention while driving. And just the risk and danger of that goes up exponentially if you're driving a, a tractor trailer. So it's no one should be doing that, even though the laws have not caught up to the science and the research uh, in that some states allow people to talk on the cell phone, whether it's hands held, many states still allow it when it's hands free. Yeah, I wonder about that because you'll see, you know, truck drivers who seem to be weaving on the roadway or taking turns too fast or cutting in front of traffic like they don't have to yield because, I mean, candidly, if a truck moves into my lane, I'm getting out of the way because I know how that's going to end. And I always wonder how many of those drivers are impaired or just distracted by something. And 
then I'll pass them and I'll see that they seem to be doing something in the cab. And I don't know if they're messing with the electronic system or if they're trying to eat or they drop something. I don't know, but it worries me a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, in fact, you see it not just in semi trucks, but vehicles every day. I see someone weaving or not staying acutely in their lane or slow to stop. And all those things are um, caused by distracted driving due to whether hands held or hands free devices. Um, even uh, I had one case where a driver of a truck was talking on the CB radio mm. and, um, uh, the expert I hired was involved in some of that research. And it's very similar to, um, talking on a cell phone. You're still engaged in the conversation. You have a device in your hand you're focusing on, and that contributed to a, a very serious wreck. So any sort of distraction, especially behind the wheel of a large truck is just a recipe for disaster. We talked a little bit about the stopping distances and the times that these big trucks need. One of the things I don't know if we talked about yet is there's a little bit of a, I guess it's an incentive. I mean, they get paid to cover more miles faster. And so while you and I may choose to drive faster because we want to get to work or we want to get home to see our kids or our family, uh, truck drivers really have a financial reason to go as fast as they can. And I wonder if that impacts how fast they go as they approach work zones or as they approach a slowdown is they don't want to slow down until they absolutely have to because they know every mile that they go slower, they're making less money. That's right. There's, by my understanding, two factors that uh, are at play in that. Some uh, truck drivers get paid a certain amount of money per mile. Right. On top of that, you are limited in the number of hours by the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. They are the uh, entity, the government entity that regulates truck drivers. And they have a limit on the number of hours that drivers can operate. So it's just simple math. The more hours, strike that, the more miles you can drive in the limited number of hours, the more money you're going to make. And so there is a financial incentive for truck drivers to try to track more miles and get more miles in within the limited number of hours. Or alternatively, they fudge and they drove over hours, and that means they're driving fatigued. And obviously, the more fatigued you are and the more over hours you are, the less responsive you are to a traffic hazard head and the more danger it is for all of us. That's exactly right. Um, one of the things that I've seen lately is there are some trucking companies who now have devices on the vehicles to track where the drivers go and how fast they're going and even put devices to govern their speeds. Do you think that this new technology is making it safer um, on the roadway? It all depends on up the chain, their employer. Is their employer paying attention to that? Uh, yes, they do have the tracking devices and you can track how long did it take them to go from Albuquerque to Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. And if they don't do it in the time frame that would be a safe miles per hour, well, then the employer knows that. Now our employer's checking that, I don't know. Unfortunately, you and I uh, check that after, but the only reason we are checking that is after there's already been a, a serious uh, wreck of some sort. And even the checking from the employers, even if they're trying to, they may not know what the traffic conditions were. So if a, a semi is going 55 mile an hour at the home office, they may say, oh, he's going fine. What they don't know is that there's stopped traffic ahead and that he's just about killed a family. Yeah, that's exactly right. The other thing about these improvements in technology that I think are interesting is um, I don't have a new car, but I've got a, a newer car and it has this ability that I can just set the cruise control and it will not let me rear end a vehicle in front of me. It'll actually give me an alert and, and apply the brakes for me. 
I know that these products are available on some trucks because I've had cases involving them. Um, but I was looking up the statistics on that, and it looks like less than 5% of trucks on the roads today have that technology equipped, even though it can be added. What do you think about that? I think the better the technology to keep people safe, it should first go in large trucks. Unfortunately, that has not been the case. Why? Well, large trucks, uh, they have a, the trucking company has a big lobby uh, for the politicians. Those things cost money, uh, makes trucks more expensive and it can provide an inconvenience for the driver for whatever reason. For example, speed regulators limit the speed that drivers go. Well, that's a great idea. However, drivers don't want it because then they can't go in excess of the speed limit. But there are some amazing technology out there. I have a friend who has a new car and he has the exact same technology you mentioned that it will um, break for them if they approach an object at too fast a speed or get too close to an object. It will also, if you start to drift into the adjacent lane, mm-hmm. the vehicle tracks that and brings it back into the lane that they're supposed to be in. That's pretty which cool. Which is great for distracted drivers, people right. on cell phones. But that technology, as you say, is not in all tractor trailer trucks. Plus, you know, a lot of those trucks have been on the road for years and years because you want to maximize how many miles you can get out of that truck because those trucks are immensely expensive. Um, back to the technology, I have occasionally people ask me, do you think that the driverless cars, driverless trucks are going to put truck drivers out of business or that we're going to see, you know, these, um, Google type trucks on the roads. And my opinion is that that is not likely to happen anytime soon is I just don't think the technology and the roadway specifically will be there, um, probably the next 10 or 15 years. I think eventually it will happen, but not anytime soon. What do you think of that? I do not think the, uh, that that is going to happen anytime soon either. I haven't kept track of all that technology. I know what's going on with it, but I just think there's so many uh, unpredictables and things that occur uh, instantaneously that you need a human driver in a vehicle, like a deer running in front of you. I don't know if the technology can pick up on that. There's just so many other things that can happen. So I don't see that happening. And in the case of um, large trucks, I hope that doesn't happen. Personally, I hope it never happens because I just like the uh, act of driving. It provides a freedom to me and it keeps me conscious and and keeps me uh, alert and it just helps me think sometimes. I just like the act of driving. Still, if these safety devices can make sure that you're not um, veering out of your lane or rear-ending somebody, uh, great. They're a good add-on. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. One of the other things that I wanted to talk with you a little bit about is are there things that drivers who are not in the semi can do to help protect themselves or their family on the roadway? Now, again, we hope that truck drivers are driving safely, but because we know that sometimes um, semi-drivers may not be as attentive or may um, be a little more tired, are there things that we can do to keep ourselves safe? Absolutely, and there's uh, nothing wrong with keeping yourself safe. It's always good to hope that your uh, fellow uh, driver on the road is going to be safe, but you need to practice that defensive driving. So there are some tips for the vehicle drivers when you're dealing with large trucks on the roadway. Number one is you want to stay out of what they call the no zone, and that is simply the blind spot for these trucks. Trucks have huge areas of blind spots. They're to the left, they're to the right, immediately in front of the tractor, and then immediately behind the trailer. And you can look these up online, and they usually have a nice, helpful chart. Kind of the rule of thumb is... If you can see the driver in the mirror, that means the driver can see you. If you can't see the driver in their side mirrors, then they can't see you and you want to stay out of that zones. You never want to stay in a blind spot, 
except when you're passing and then you want to get out of those blind spots as soon as possible. When you're passing, you want to make sure you pass safely. Again, try to see the driver in the driver's side mirrors of that trailer, a tractor, excuse me, and don't linger in that area. Just get through it. Never just drive alongside a, a large tractor trailer truck because you're in their blind spot and if they need to swerve or if they drift over that does not give a lot of area uh, to protect you so you want to get out of there as soon as possible you don't want to pass them on downgrades because that's where they pick up speed and it's more difficult for them to stop and you never want to pass them from the right lane always pass them on the left when you do pass them and you get back into the lane that they are in don't cut it close don't uh, creep right in front of the uh, tractor because again you're going to be in their blind spot if they gain speed and they don't see you, they're going to rear-end you. You also need to understand that you need to anticipate a wide turn by these large trucks. And I've seen this before. These large trucks, especially on city streets, they will often turn from the um, second lane from mm. the curb. You know, most vehicles, they turn from the lane that's closest to the curb. We have a, in, in regular vehicles, we have a short turn radius. Well, these large trucks have up to like a 55-foot turn radius. So they will turn from the second lane or they'll make a wide sweeping turn. And I've seen um, cars, I've even seen people on motorcycle and bicycles, well, they see a truck, even though the truck has its blinker on, they see a truck that's in that second lane. So they pull up right in that first lane. Well, the truck makes its turn and then cuts it short and takes out the front of the, uh, the car. So you want to anticipate those wide turns and stay out of that area. Uh, if you're on a, a bike or a motorcycle, or if you're a pedestrian, you need to understand that uh, you want to maintain yourself as visible as possible. Whether it's being bright clothing, uh, certainly keep a safe distance uh, from those uh, trucks and certainly do not get close to those trucks because the closer you get to them on the sides, in the front, in the rear, they simply cannot see you. Even with all the precautions we've talked about, even with <clears throat> safety devices on trucks and, and truck drivers trying to do the right thing, crashes are going to happen. People are going to get hurt. If somebody is injured in a collision with a semi-tractor uh, trailer, um, how important is it for them to contact an attorney sooner rather than later? When one of those wrecks happens, it's all about preserving evidence and preserving proof. You need to contact an attorney on your side immediately because the first thing that the truck driver will do is they will call their dispatch. The first thing the dispatch will do is call their insurance company. And within an hour or less, I guarantee the insurance company is going to have accident reconstructionists out there. They're going to have people photographing um, skid marks, photographing evidence from the angles they want. I've even had cases where they've had a helicopter flying overhead, taking pictures, taking video. Now, they're not out to preserve the evidence to protect the person that was injured by the truck, they're out to protect the insurance company and protect the trucking company. You now, I, don't, I don't think most people know that, that almost all major trucking companies already have an accident team ready to go with investigators who are trained to try and um, gather the evidence that is most helpful for the defense. Do you think most people know that? I don't think most people know that, but it yeah. is a, a fact of life. Uh, and the other thing is, while there are great, um, honest, trustworthy businesses out there, um, have you ever had occasion where evidence has gone missing or logs weren't preserved or things like that? That's exactly right. In fact, uh, the losing of the log books is something that I see frequently because uh, one, I guess, trick of this industry is drivers will sometimes have 
two logbooks, which is a violation of the rules. Two logbooks is show that they is they use it so they can uh, put in their you know, fourteen hour shift uh, on one logbook, and then they take the other logbook and then they start right over again. So you're working more hours than you should, and running dual logbooks is simply against the law or they will not complete their logbooks. And so you want to, and, and they, oftentimes the higher patrol will inspect the logbooks or preserve the logbooks, but the higher patrol has a lot to do out there with those accident scenes, especially if they're dealing with serious injuries or fatalities. And uh, truck drivers know what to do with their logbooks uh, to protect themselves, and the insurance companies know what to do with the logbooks. So you need to preserve all of that evidence. I've also been surprised that most trucking policies now actually instruct the driver, even if you know you're at fault, deny fault to the scene. That's absolutely right. Um, which just seems wrong to me. Yeah. I that, mean, I would like to think that we would have people tell the truth. Yeah, I, in cases I have gotten the uh, driver's handbook from the trucking company that they give to their drivers and tells them, do not make any statements at the scene, do not admit fault at the scene, all that. And, and, and truck drivers have cameras um, as part of an accident kit on their tractor trailer. And so they're ready to go at the scene to start taking photographs. Now, and you've done with, dealt with this in cases, the angle at which you take the photograph is important. What skid marks you take are important. How far back you stand from the vehicles to show the damage or how far, um, how much of the road you get in the photograph is all important. The other thing that to me is always important is if you or I or another experienced trial attorney can get involved in the case, we can send out what's called a preservation letter, and we can require that the trucking company preserve any evidence that already exists, and that will stop them from later claiming, well, we didn't know there was going to be a claim, or we just have this automatic purge or delete system, because a lot of these trucks now have cameras in the cab mounted on top of the cab. They have the electronic control modules that will actually be like the black box for the truck. Exactly. They'll have all of this data that they say, oh, well, you know, it's too bad that if I'd have known you wanted that, I would have saved that, but I didn't know about it in time. And so we have a lot of injured folks who don't know, even if you're not sure if you want to make a claim, <clears throat> you want to talk to an attorney now, because otherwise, if you decide to make a claim later, the evidence you need may be gone. Exactly. You mentioned the black box, that data event recorder that records the speed of the truck, uh, how when it last stopped, the oftentimes will record how much braking was applied. All, all that is very important evidence when you're trying to reconstruct a wreck and determine who is at fault. And if the truck is disabled, if it's totaled, and it, then it goes to a tow yard there at the trucking company, if the battery on the truck goes dead, then oftentimes that data will be lost. Uh, they have some more modern boxes, I think, that uh, have their own battery, but if you're talking 30 days past the date of the wreck, there's a good chance that that battery's dead and that data's lost. The other thing that I think some people don't think about that would apply to all crashes, not just ones involving semis, is we live in a society now where cameras are omnipresent. There are very few roadways anymore, and especially major uh, urban areas, that don't have cameras. And it amazes me the number of crashes that if you and I can get involved early, we can go to contact those local businesses or some of the roadway cameras, and we can get that data as well. And that will give us a different angle that uh, oftentimes either makes or breaks the case. I just did that uh, last month in a case, yeah. Um, it's very interesting to me now how the new technology and all the cameras impacts what we do in our business. But it worries me that so much of the time we get involved too late to be able to let the truth come out. That's that's exactly right. It, you need someone on your side fighting for you, knowing what to do, 
and doing it right away uh, from the get-go because uh, every hour, every day that's lost is an hour or day that's benefiting the trucking company that caused your injury or killed your loved one. We really hope that nobody has a problem uh, with any kind of driving, certainly not involved in a serious truck or collision. But we ought to tell folks that if they do, certainly they can come and talk to us here at Johnson Voorhees and Martucci. Um, we've got cases uh, all across the states. Uh, obviously, we're licensed in the four states, but uh, I've got a trucking collision case in Canada. That may be the furthest one away. Had one in Italy a few years back. Um, I've uh, handled them in Texas. I had one in New York. Uh, I've had some in California as well. That's right. So if somebody out there is seeing or hearing this podcast and they have questions about trucking anywhere, give us a call, visit our website. We're happy to give you some, some free advice and uh, hopefully you don't need our services, but if you do, we're here. Absolutely. Trucking crashes are not like your garden variety car crash. There's so much more information out there to be had. There's so much more information you need in order to reconstruct the wreck and determine who is truly at fault. So get someone experienced and get someone, uh, an attorney that knows what they're doing and get them as soon as possible. All right. Thank you. Great talking to you, Scott. Good to see you.